dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. Work is a constant in everyone's life. While we can enjoy it or we can suffer from it, we cannot avoid it. But how can I make it better, both for myself and the people whom I manage and the people who benefit from it? And if I work in business, how can I make sure that my business remains ethical, truly focused on the true good? The key is to look at work and business from the human perspective. It is something done for the human person, for the benefit of everyone else. Okay, everybody. Well, we've got our work cut out for us today because we're going to be focusing in on a subject that I think is extremely important, uh, especially for folks who are engaged in the world of business or in the world of work, because we're trying to understand how to make work humane, right? We all know that work is something that we have to do, but how do we do it in a way that doesn't lose our soul? It's not exactly an easy question because in fact, the, the tendency within the world today is to make works more and more driven by efficiency, by numbers, by growth, and by the words of progress, right? Without a real reference point to what that actually means. And when you don't define progress, but you catapult people towards that word and towards that notion inexorably, well, you can, you can drive people into what's not actually progress, <laughs> And when, and so we think to ourselves, what does success actually look like for me in my company? What does success look like? How do I define a true success? How do I make a limit point to say, this is why we're doing what we're doing and what we're doing it for is actually good, right? How you define success is going to define how you look at the whole working progress. And there's many ways to define success. What's the way that Christ looks at for us? I mean, we're here because we're Christian. We're trying to follow Christ as Christian leaders in the, in the workplace, right? And, and in that world of work extends, not just in the workplace, but also in every form of work, even when it comes to managing our households. Because I know some of you don't run businesses, but you're running your families. Well, the, the way that we look at work tells us a lot about how real our spirituality is. This is something that I love to remind people of, that the, the, the Christian faith needs work because work keeps the Christian faith real. The fact is, all of us need to work. All of us need to generate an income. All of us need to survive and feed our families. And that, that means that if our life is about work and God's life is there to push our life forward, well, then the spirituality that comes from God needs to have an application in the reality that we have of the workplace and working environment. And for those of you who are leading in your workplace environments, you need to lead as agents of God and not just as agents of the company, right? In other words, business, business is not isolated from any kind of ethical moorings. 
That's the number one point I want you to all write down, okay? <laughs> because we, we can kind of think of it almost like as a monster that has to be fed on its own terms, okay? It's like, almost like God has nothing to say about the marketplace or God has nothing to say about my company because I have to do things this way, which is almost, it's almost to say like an authentic humanity is found in business and that spirituality isn't, doesn't have anything to speak to it. That's, that's the error that I want to confront with you straight on because everything that's authentically human has been transformed by God's grace. Everything that's authentically human has been touched by his grace and incorporated by God and given a mission from God at the service of his designs and for the general advancement of what is authentically real. Many Christians that I know fall into this trap. We, we act like the church is about the family and about our personal life and that the workplace environment cannot be regulated or touched by the, the, the teachings of the church. And to, to say that is tantamount to saying that the world of business has no ethical foundations beyond what the political world wishes to give it. And that is extremely dangerous, as you know, because it left to its own devices, a human activity that's given no ethical foundations or an anchor, right, will go adrift because the forces that are unleashed within business are extremely powerful. The forces of economy, of profit, of self-advancement, these are really fundamental appetites within the human person. Is there no end to those appetites that we need to anchor them towards? Is there no purpose intrinsic within business itself and within work itself that allows the, that, that very process to not only be judged, but also to be kept within its bounds? Well, yes, of course there is, right? And, and so finding what that is is essential because we're, when we're dealing with our workplace environments, we're dealing with power. And the quest for power, which is, is not necessarily just a dramatic thing, which is intrinsic in everything that we do, control, power, autonomy, well, it's kind of at the source of a lot of problems. <laughs> it's not just problematic. It is, of course, it, it's necessary to a certain degree. But when we, the human being who has fallen goes for power, he will misuse the power that otherwise should be put at the service of his fellow human beings. And, and, and it becomes something that's all about him or her. And that is, of course, the source of corruption and of hurt and woe for all of history. Well, how do I wield power in a way that is limited, that self-limits itself, that allows me as a leader to utilize the authority, the power, the position that's been given to me and to utilize it as an act of service instead of an, as an act of domination. Even if you're a teacher, a cashier at a store, uh, you're given an authority and you're given a power over another person. And by working for the company, you're actually empowered by the money that you make. Well, what do you do with that power? Right? It's, it, 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 with great power comes great responsibility. Why? because power is never isolated. Human power is for the human person, right? If you possess, therefore, the authority over a workplace environment, you need to steer that ship correctly. Are we just there to make money? 
I mean, is it ethical to say that you're there just to make money? No, it's not. The human person is never there just to make money. If they were there just to make money, then there's all kinds of other business practices that could be, that could be utilized in order to make money. It's not just making money. It's not just making profit, although there's nothing wrong with making profit and making money, but it needs to be linked to a genuine human purpose. Well, I, you're not just there to make money. You're there to deploy your talents towards the production of product or services that genuinely benefit the world around you. And doing that is profitable, right? It's like profit needs to be looked at as more of an effect instead of as a goal. Well, what enables me to say that? Especially if you're a self-made business person and you're in it just for money. I'd like to say you, you work, if you just do work for money, you're cheapening the value of work and you're under, under, underestimating the power of your own capacity. And Christ won't let you do that. Christ is not about a minimalistic vision of your life. And he's not about a minimalistic vision of your workplace. And he's given you that for a much greater purpose namely his glory and the genuine advancement of everyone involved in your business, your employees, your suppliers, your customers, your management itself. Well, how in the world do I do that? This is what's neat. Pope Benedict gives us in his work, Caritas and Veritate, which is this encyclical that he wrote, an insight that's really profound. He says, all work is a human action and therefore, has to flow from a genuine human heart and needs to benefit human beings in a genuine way. I wanna look at that more deeply with you. Does your family matter? Join the St. John Leadership Network and receive a family mission infographic that will help you focus on your family. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org member and join for free today. So I'm trying to understand if we're going to make ourselves Catholic leaders and be Catholic leaders, right? What does that actually mean? What, what is a truly Christian outlook at what we have to do every single day when we've got to deal with whole teams of diverse people of different faith backgrounds or no faith backgrounds, all kinds of political opinions out there, unite them into a common goal, which can be defined metrically and measured against our efficiency. It can be really hard because in the end, production and the need for production, or think of it like if some of you aren't in, in industry, but you're instead in like things like, let's think about like a restaurant or a school. Do you measure the success of your school by the number of your students? I mean, it's really hard because most boards do. Right? They'll say every year, they'll, they'll say to you, how many new students you got? How are admissions? How are admissions? Because we know that admissions is the lifeblood of a school. Yeah, but if you lose the school soul in order to keep the, the numbers up, have you really led that school successfully? Well, there are a lot of people that would say yes, as a matter of fact, because you're always doing good things, et cetera, et cetera. You need to be able to bend on your identity and on your mission in order to get those numbers up right? And, and, and numbers, you know, it's cash is king, right? Numbers rule. Well, is that really a Christian vision? And the answer is no, it's not. It's not. But the question is, why is it not? 
look, we all know that we have to produce. We know that numbers are there, that if you don't turn over a certain number of tables, the restaurant can't stay open. It, it, that's, that goes without saying. I think none of us are that dumb to contradict that. It's just that do we have the right to truncate our vision about work by reducing our measurements of success to purely economic ones? Are there not other ways to measure the power of what we're doing? Of course there are. It's just that our worldview today just seems to say what we can all agree upon is the numbers. Yes, but if we allow what we do to just be about numbers, everyone, listen, we will, have, we will create workspace environments that are not human. And un, inhuman workspace environments are also workspace environments that are not humane. All kinds of corruption and all kinds of problems will emerge under our watch. This is not why Christ put us in the world of business. This is not consonant with our Christian dignity. Well, then what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to work. When you work as a Christian business leader, your duty is to focus in on and promote what is, whatever is authentically human in its full dimensions. The point of reference, in other words, for the decisions that we make, if we're trying to be faithful to Christ, is whatever is authentically for the flourishing of the human people who are working. And that requires a vision of work which is different from just pure production or efficiency, but really looks at work as an act of the human person themselves, right? This is what Pope Benedict says when he writes in Caritas and Veritate, which is this document, it means the, the, to love in truth. And he wrote it in 2011. And he says this, business activity has a human significance prior to its professional one. It is present in all work, understood as a personal action, an actus personae, which is why every worker should have the chance to make his contribution, knowing that in some way he is working, quote unquote, for himself. Right? So that's a very profound statement. I'm working, quote unquote, for myself. It means that by coming to work, I become a better human being. I'm able to give the talents and the skills and the intelligence and the freedom that's inside of me. And I'm able to dedicate it towards producing something that has a value for other people and that I find valuable myself. If any of those elements are missing from that equation, I will be missing from that equation. And when I, the worker himself, is missing from the equation, I reduce what's going on into something that is more of a, of a cog in the machine instead of a human person deploying themselves towards a vision. And, and we're called as business leaders and as leaders in the workplace to ensure that our people have to the degree possible, the greatest degree possible, all the elements needed for them to bring their full selves into their work. To see, in other words, and so like if you made that strategically, you would stop and you'd say, okay, the first thing then is, am I allowing their family life and their heritage and their belief systems and, and, and the, the, their children and their relationships to be brought into the workplace? Can I, can I take my workers and allow them to bring ingenuity, creativity, values, uh, judgments into what we're doing? And then the other hand, will I allow them to be connected towards the, the real big picture 
of why this company exists? Does our company have a purpose that's bigger than itself? Well, every human person needs that. I mean, I don't know who <laughs> wants to go to work every day thinking that they're just making money for some rich owners, right? That's, a, that's an easy way to get really bad morale. And it's an easy way to feel like your life is a waste of time. They're just buying my life from me for $16 an hour, right? You pay me $16 and I'll give you an hour of my life. It's not worth it to look at work this way. You don't have to work at the, look at work this way. But a lot of people do because they think, oh, well, work requires that. No, that's what's so neat about the Pope's thought. He's redefining the world of work by saying it's not just an act of production. It's an act of human production. And therefore, it's an act that has to come out of a human being in a human way. Human work needs to be humane work. And that's my job as a business person. As a, as a leader of this whole thing, I need to guarantee what is humane. I need to keep things on the track of what is genuinely for the advancement of my people as human beings. Right? It, seems, it seems abstract. I want to make it more practical for you. I want, I want to look more in the nitty gritty of what that looks like because actually it's an incredible insight that's going to open the door for us to be able to do a lot of things that are really neat and valuable as business leaders. Would you like your business to become a virtuous workplace? Would you like Father Nathan to come to an event in your town? Visit www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash r-events and join for free today. So what does it mean to make work humane? We said that all human work needs to be humane work. But what does that mean? Well, concretely, the very first thing it means is that every human action that we do genuinely coming from our heart, right? Everything that's truly humane in our life comes from within a context, right? So context belonging is, a, is, is an essential element to the human psyche and to the human spirit. We're never purely alone. I'm never just there as a unit that's, that's called to, to simply produce, you know, no. I'm always coming from an environment that has shaped me, right? And that, that heritage of the past, the way we're educated, the way we're reared, the value systems that have formed us is part of the gift that we bring when we spend eight to 12 hours of our day deploying ourselves towards a given goal. If I'm gonna produce something, in other words, I need to produce it with my intelligence with my wherewithal, my work ethic, if you want to think of it that way, where does work ethic come from? It's a big problem we have today, right? We look at our people and we're like, man, why, do I, why am I willing to work so hard and they seem unwilling to work so hard, right? It's a, it's a phenomenon. A whole, people that say, I need to have my tools and I need to have my, my, my processes defined and I need to have my management secure. And I need to have my payment in line and then I'll come and I'll push buttons for you. This is not really productive. <laughs> we know that, right? We're like, you know, I've got this bunch of automatons and, and what they, the demands that they make upon me as a leader are just, are not commensurate with the product or the yield that I'm getting from the effort made, right? But that, that's what happens when you don't allow people to bring themselves into the workplace. When you allow people to bring themselves in the workplace 
and see what they're doing as something that benefits themselves, they're willing to go the extra mile. They're willing to push themselves even further because they see that what they're doing there connects with the reason that they're there in the first place, which is where they're coming from. If my workers are coming from a family, then they need to be able to connect what they're doing in the workplace towards their family. And the more deeply that they can do that, well, the more deeply that they're going to be not only indebted to the workplace, but they're going to beautify the workplace. They're going to make it a place of real values. You're going to gain that, that morale and that human oil in the gears of the machine that allows everything to function so much more beautifully. You're going to make work humane. Right? So I spoke about it as being able to, to bring that deep motivation that's inside of every one of your workers, every one of your people. They're there because of, they're there because of where they came from. And it is where they came from present to drive their motivation for why they're there. And how can I make that present? Well, do you know their names? Do you smile at them when you see them in the morning? Do you ask them how they're doing? Are you aware of, of whether or not they're thriving or whether or not they're really happy in what they're doing? It's very simple measures, right? And it's done in a million different ways. Of course, you can apply this in every circumstance, but do I respect the, the history and the roots that are present in every human heart that's there in the workplace? If I do, then I also have a target that enables me to direct things moving forward. If a person, in other words, comes into my workplace from a given context, they're going to be working for the benefit of that context. Can I connect what they do every single day with their deeper values, with the reason why they're there? And it's almost always going to be the same thing. Their family, their family. Well, if my work is really for the family, how can I, as a leader, make that, that work goal, that family goal, even more present for them. And of course it's by compensation, yep, an adequate compensation, but it's also by bonuses, but it could also be by making sure that they're aligned with that deep motivation by the products that they make. I, I can make our, our work more human by bringing more human examples of the real benefits that people are able to procure from what we do every day and make those visible for them. If I'm a teacher, for example, and I've got to, I've got to teach a classroom of students, well, I want to show them and inspire them to, 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 to live lives that show their studies being able to be applied towards great and important ends and benefits for the world around them. Pope Benedict in his, in, in his apostolic letter says, work needs two things in order to remain humane. The first is that it has to focus on genuine human advancement. And the second is it needs to recognize transcendent values, values that are bigger than itself. And this is really practically how this is done. It's by connecting human work to the community from which the workers come and for which they labor. I feel that this is just a missed opportunity that a lot of us in our own hearts have an ache for because you're dedicating so much of your time 
and leaving your family life behind for such significant portions of your children's development. And you can say, I don't even know really why I'm doing this. And I'd like to say, well, you're right. Because if giving, getting a cabin up in northern Michigan, you know, and sailing on a sailboat, you know, near the dunes, you know, in, in northern Michigan it, is your goal, well, you've really, it's not worth it. You know, you've really sacrificed the greatest things in life for things that are lesser. Well, it's not a, that's not an even trade. You know, holding your children and watching them develop is not, you know, uh, commensurate with getting another sailboat in northern Michigan. You can't, in other words, be paid for that loss adequately. But if you were to look at it as, you know, each one of us has a mission in life and my workplace environment is where I give the very best of myself towards a gift that's for this world. And the necessity of making money for my family is met, but I've also become a better person by what I do well, then it, it makes more sense, right? And, and that's the same question. Everyone who comes in to work for me is sacrificing eight to 12 hours of their life with me for what greater good? Do they see the pictures? Do they have a sense of what's driving them? Is, is their work meaningful? Well, it will be if it's meaningful to you. The very first step that I can make is to the degree that I can to connect whatever my people are doing and whatever I am doing in my workplace to the community that's around me. This is just an essential moment for a foundation of, the, of an ethical view of work. How I make work humane, I make work humane by bringing who I am into it and by working essentially for the advancement, the true advancement of my fellow human beings and of my world. And the more that I can believe in that, the more that I can put myself into it. And the more I put myself into it, the more that it will perfect me. In a very real way, says Pope Benedict, the worker works for themselves. Meaning that since I'm engaging who I am, I'm becoming a better person by what I do. This is so beautiful. What a vision. What an opportunity to be a Catholic manager. What, or what an opportunity to bring Jesus Christ. You say, where do I bring Christ in the workplace? You bring Christ in the workplace by making the workplace humane. And you can bring, make the workplace humane by making sure that the proper context is always respected. We're not here just to make money, everybody. We're not here just to make whatchamacallits. We're here to collaborate together towards the the bettering of our world. And we do that by bettering ourselves in and through the work that we do. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.